Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The Bucks have one big problem. They got shellacked by the Saints last night. I'm sure you heard about it. 38-3. It was 31-0 at the half. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our man, Tony Dungy, NBC Sunday Night Football. He lives in Tampa. He will join us in 10 minutes. He was also key on the call for Clemson and Notre Dame. What a weekend for Coach Dungy. We'll go inside both of those big games. Biggest game in college, biggest game in the NFL. He was there for both. He's here in nine minutes. I'm, I'm thinking, has Tom Brady, when he was in New England, has he ever just been held to three points? Was he ever held to just three points in New England? I think there was one time. I think it was like the, maybe the first year of his career. We'll look at that, but here's a stat for you I that goes back. About that. Here's a stat that goes back 20 years. It's not as good as your three-pointer, but we'll take a look at it. This is the first time Tom Brady, in 20 years, obviously, first year with the Bucks, 20 with the Patriots, he had never been swept by a team in the regular season. Mm. Never. The Jets had a minute, as you know. The Jets but were good I, but for I a minute. The Bills, the, Jets, the Dolphins. Did the Jets ever... Get him twice? No, no, no. No team had ever yeah. gotten him twice prior to last night. This was the first time ever he had lost to a division foe twice in a season. How about that? Yeah, well, it started off, obviously, the beginning of the season. And, and look, here's what I would say about the Bucks. There's concern, but there's not a panic, right? There's a concern because everybody's still trying to get to know one another, different things. They bring in Antonio Brown. He throws an interception because Antonio Brown looked to pull up based on the belling coverage. Tom Brady thought he was going to run past the guy, so he threw an interception. So it's just it's just one of those deals where things kind of went clunker, right? Chicago beat him. The first thing happens, uh-oh, four fingers. He thinks it's four downs. He's asking for an extra down. He get past that. He rolls up a couple victories after that. Now all of a sudden, because it's Tom Brady, people push the bucks in front of everybody else. In the NFC. And I kept trying to say, I said, man, you got to slow down. Because once New Orleans get a full arsenal going, they're going to be hard to beat. When they got Michael Thomas and Samuel and in, 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 uh, uh, Taysom Hill and Kamara and, and Cook. Yeah. And when you start looking at it, it's like, y'all got to slow down with that buck prediction. It's just, and, and it has nothing to do with my nephew well, a little bit because his nepotism. I always want to see him do well, but it really doesn't have a lot to do with that. It has something to do with what they have on the offensive side of the ball. Their offense is so lethal, they may not get the notoriety Kansas City get, gets or the notoriety that Tom Brady, because of his six Super Bowl nine appearances, get, and you give him the benefit of the doubt so you push him up as New Orleans – but if you go man for man on New Orleans offensive skill positions and you match that with Tampa Bay's, I'm here to say that they have a better offensive uh, skill position players than the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, we got we got asked a question right before we came into the eight o'clock hour about you know what would life be like for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson if they had all the weaponry that obviously Patrick Mahomes has out mm-hmm. in Kansas City, right? And as we we're going to break. Key made the point about, well, how about Tom Brady? Like, he has similar weapons to a degree. Not maybe at the same caliber, but a lot of weapons. And Dan Orlovsky made a great point last hour that the the coaching from a play-calling perspective wasn't on point at all. And you didn't get a lot of these options involved. And I know it takes time, Key, but even if you can't count on your offense, your defense is supposed to be the thing that holds you together. It's, you know, one of the best defenses there in in the league. That's all I've heard about. The Bucks defense, like the QB passer rating is like 88 or something like 82. Like, but last night, it was nowhere to be found. 
They got well, diced up left and right. Well, here you go. It's a division, right? The division, they know each other. They, they've seen each other the beginning of the season. They've seen each other in the past. The defensive coordinators aren't going to change what they do. They're running a certain package in a certain style. And you know mm. certain corners. When you think about a situation where Dean, the cornerback 35 for the Bucks, Tampa, I mean, New Orleans know him. New Orleans, they like, oh, him against man-to-man? We're getting ready to do this to him. We're going to run – Emmanuel Sanders on a shake route, and then we're going to see if he can handle that shake route. Well, clearly, he got beat for a touchdown on that. They knew he would be in that coverage in man-to-man situations. The moment that Emmanuel Sanders goes down, he's going to go with him, and then Emmanuel Sanders put his foot in the ground, retraced, came back out, breeze throws, touchdown, amazing catch, amazing route, amazing throw. They know that. Where you look at it and they play against teams that are not in their division – or ones that are in their division that's not good, they dominate them. They just do. So when you look at teams that, you know, Chicago, for instance, Chicago's offense, they played okay against the Bucks' defense, not great. That game was lost based on the Bucks' offense not being able to generate any points. Here's one thing for you real quick. I want to get your thoughts on the impossible, possible situation. It seems impossible on the surface, but then when you look at it, is it possible? Could the Bucks? possibly miss the playoffs. I want to talk about that in one second, but first, that crazy Brady stat about never losing to a division foe twice before last night. It's amazing. That's a great stat. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Is Bruce Arians gripping just a little bit, or is Bruce being Bruce here? Listen to this, and then, yes, Bucks possibly missing playoff talk with some numbers you've got to see. Second half, I thought we, we got to turn over and we don't score a touchdown. I thought that kind of was the end of it right then and there. And uh, But, I mean, not to give New Orleans credit, they, they kicked our ass in every phase. He always tells you what he feels. Now, think about it. The Bucks are sitting there, right? They're a 6-3 football team. Are we panicking? Is this just sports talk radio fodder? Let's think about this. Right now, the number one seed, if the playoffs ended today, knowing they don't, the Saints would be 6 and 2 in yes. the one spot. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks would be just a shade behind. They're also 6 and 2, but they would be in the 2 spot. The Packers are also 6 and 2. They would be in the 3 spot. Now, this one we have to mention, the Eagles at 3-4 and 1 would be in the 4th spot and would be in line to host a playoff game because obviously you have to have the division winner get a top 4 seed in a home playoff game. So those are the 4. Saints, Seahawks, Packers, Eagles. But listen to how or bunch, Giants or Giants. By the way, the Giants are in 16th. I just checked for you. Just they're on the way up. No need to kick us. We're already down. We understand that, but we're coming. So let's go to the next cut. Obviously, seven teams this year make the playoffs for the first time. They've expanded the playoff field by each team in each conference. One team in each conference. The Bucks are sitting at five right now at six and three, but right behind them, Arizona at five and three, Rams at five and three. Bucks and Rams, by the way, in a couple weeks. The Bears are at five and four. So there are teams lurking right behind Tampa. Notable here, Key, because they will not at this point appear, even though they're just a half game back, to get the division title, especially with the Saints having one game in hand after the sweep. Well, they probably won't get the division title, right? They're fighting for a wild card spot. But the teams that they face coming up are all getting better and playing better and still fighting for spots. When you think about it, the Panthers just got McCaffrey back. So that, they, you know, they had they, they had him on the ropes yesterday and let KC get out of there. Then you talk about the Rams. The Rams are fighting not only for the division, but for a playoff spot. Then when you think about Kansas City, Kansas City's fighting for 
the first uh, place buy in the AFC. The Vikings are getting better. Dalvin Cook is running. They won two in a row. Atlanta's getting better with Raheem Morris at the helm. We'll have a conversation about Raheem at some point. Now, they could eat the Lions or the Lions, but the Falcons are, are trying to win for their head coach. So none of the next several games that the Bucks have on their schedule is a cakewalk by no stretch of the imagination. It, it sounds weird that they would miss the playoffs, but it could happen. Just depends on how the dominoes fall. If the Bucs were to miss the playoffs – what do you think next steps are with that franchise? Nothing. Running just back next Running year. back? Every, everybody yeah. the same? Yeah, you just run just it back. Just give more continuity? Everything's yeah, fine? you run it back. You run oh. it right back next year. Last year for Brady, though, because it's a two-year $50 million two-year 50, deal. That's what I'm saying. Well, no, this isn't the last. He got one next more year. Year. One next more year. Next year. a two-year $50 million deal. Yeah, so, so next you year run it back. he'd be going into a walk Yeah, here. so you just run it, run it back and see what happens. You're not going to part ways and all of a sudden hit the reset button. No, I understand. I'm just curious, you know, how, how a team like that that seems very fragile – mentally as around all the things that are happening with it, like Bruce Arians, him always telling us how he feels, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown coming to this team, all these new parts, just how they would deal with the expectations of not being able to get there and then having that much time off until next year started. We're going to talk to a Super Bowl champion and one of the best guys on or off the field in just one second, but QBR is on a scale of 1 to 100. You know, you could belabor me for a second. You know I love the numbers. QBR, 0 to 100. 0, awesome, 0. Uh, 100 awesome, 0, terrible, right? Scale of 0 to 100, a great QBR is like a 70, 80. That would be good. What do you think Brady's QBR was last night on a scale of 0 to 100? 43. 51. 3.8. What? 3.8. It was one of the worst QBRs ever recorded by a quarterback since ESPN started tracking the stat. Brady's done. You heard it here first. He's not a good quarterback (laughs) Uh, anymore. I'll tell you, don't let Cam win tonight. The narratives will (laughs) flip flip in a heartbeat. Y'all so crazy, man. (laughs) Three games ago, four games ago, whenever it was, Chicago, he was toast. He was done. He's old. He's holding up four fingers. He's senile, all those sort of things. Then he went and rolled off three games in a row or whatever it was. He's going to the Super Bowl. Now they get bounced by New Orleans and beat up real bad. Brady can't play anymore. Keyshawn, <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. You do raise a great point. After they lost their first game, they won three in a row. Yeah. Then they lost again. Then they won three in a row. And now they've lost again. So we will see. Maybe another three-game winning streak is in the offing. That's what the early history seems to indicate Well, two again. of those three losses are to one team, though. That's right. why The Saints, and that's probably going to cost them the division. He should have held up five fingers last night. How do you hold up 3.8? Held up four. Maybe he was referencing his QBR, rounding it up to four. 3.8 QBR, incredible. Keyshawn Jabel Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Trevor will not be able to play. You just have to have the next guy ready to go. Clemson for the lead. ETN into the end zone. Hook on the roll. He throws that Touchdown! This game has been everything we thought it would be. We hit to overtime number two. Kyron Williams scores again. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. We're not celebrating because we showed the world or we changed the narrative. We did it because we proved something to ourselves. That's Brian Kelly. That's confidence personified. There were 11,011 people at the game Saturday night in South Bend. Seemingly all of them hit the field, but 
Tony Dungy, the Super Bowl champion in the booth, responsible, stayed exactly where he needs to say, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Tony was also there in the studio last night for Sunday Night Football. Who had a better weekend than Tony, watching Clemson, Notre Dame, and then breaking down the Bucks and the Saints? Tony, good morning. I want to start on Saturday with college football. There's been a lot of discussion on whether this game between Clemson and Notre Dame might have been a different result if it was quarterback Trevor Lawrence instead of Coach Lawrence hanging out with Uyangalale. What do you make of that? Trev plays, would the result be different? No, I don't think that was really the issue. You know, Clemson could have done a few different things, maybe a couple of more things with Trevor Lawrence, but DJ Uyangalale played great football. And the problem for Clemson was on the other side. They were missing three starters in their defensive front seven that really hurt them. And then both of their safeties went out. Uh, as the game went on. So they were missing five guys, and they really had no answers for that Notre Dame offense. But uh, it was, you know, we talked about it before the game with each coach, and they both said, we've got to exert our will. Notre Dame, it was pressure defense and pounding running game. And for Clemson, it was the quick strike, make it fast-paced. And it just went back and forth. It was like a heavyweight fight, and it was great great to be there. What's happening, Coach T.D.? Hey, Keyshawn, great to be with you guys, always. Thank you, man. How likely is it that these two teams will see each other in the college football playoffs in your mind? Well, that's going to be interesting because um, I think they're going to see each other in the ACC championship game. Now, what happens? Trevor Lawrence comes back and Clemson wins. Okay, and now you've got – if that happens and you've got both teams with one loss, they played each other twice – I think they'll be two of the best four teams in the country, but will voters say, I really don't want to see them play a third time. Uh, I think that could be the, the narrative. So I think it, it's going to really behoove Notre Dame to, to win that game if they match up again in the ACC championship game. Coach, obviously after the game was won, all the Notre Dame fans you know, crowded the, the field. Should Notre Dame be punished for that? Should there be some kind of fine? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it, it's so hard, Jay. We were sitting there, and you, you could just feel the emotion. And you've got young 18, 19, 20-year-old students, and it, it's hard to corral that. So could Notre Dame have had more security there? Uh, to me, it was just a natural emotional response. I don't think people were thinking clearly. Obviously, after the fact, they would think, oh, gosh, this might not be the right thing to do. But there, there was a lot of emotion in that stadium, and I just don't know how, how you control that. The great coach, Tony Dungy, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Um, coach, when you – last night, obviously, you, the Bucks, our team, our team, got taken to the woodshed last night by the New Orleans Saints. What did you make of that outing? I, I was shocked, actually, Keyshawn. I thought it was going to be a great game. I picked the Bucks. I knew that Drew Brees would play well. They were getting Michael Thomas back. They were getting Emmanuel Sanders back. They had some weaponry now. And and I knew they'd score points and play well on offense. I thought Tampa would match them on offense. But Rodney Harrison, I've been with Rodney 12 years in the studio, and he has told me time and time again, the way you have to play Tom Brady, you have to be able to get pressure in his face with four guys, and you have to have guys who can play tight man coverage. And that is what happened last night. They got the pressure early. Cam Jordan started off on the first rush of the game. Malcolm Jenkins played Gronk tough and tight the whole game, took away those quick, easy throws. And they really 
did what you have to do to play against Tom Brady. You guys mentioned, well, he didn't look great against Chicago. They had the same kind of formula, a pass rush that can get there, uh, not having to blitz. Not everybody has that, but New Orleans had the perfect plan. And I thought Dennis Allen on defense for New Orleans and Sean Payton on offense, they both called great games. TD, should we be concerned about the Bucks potentially not making the playoffs? No, I, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think now this is going to put them in a wild card situation where they're going to have to go on the road three times if they want to get to the Super Bowl. And you're going to play some defenses on the road that can rush the passer and can create havoc. So this obviously makes it a little tougher. New Orleans now, on the other hand, they put themselves in position to maybe get the bye, maybe be, be off the first week play all their games at home, and uh, to me, this game really did a lot to shift the, the, the balance of power in the NFC. Coach, even though when you look at the schedule of some of the teams that the Bucks are going to face coming up, like the Panthers, obviously, they had Kansas City get out of KC with a W, uh, but then they have, you know, they got Minnesota coming down the pipelines, playing a lot better than your old assistant coach and Raheem Morris turning the Atlanta Falcons around. They got them coming down the pipeline. Do you think, though, it's, it's you shouldn't be worried at all that they're possible missing of the playoffs? No, they're going to make it. When you look at, at where this NFC is, there, there are no perfect teams. So everybody's going to be in the same boat. Yeah, they've got – and they're going to have to deal with Kansas City. That's yep. going to be a tough game for, for Tampa with Mahomes. And Kansas City has guys who can rush the passer. So it, it'll be tight. They'll lose a couple of more games in there, but I, I still see them – being a team that'll be 10 and 6, 11 and 5, and th- that'll make it. Let, let me ask you this before I let you get out of here. And I know what the answer is probably going to be. It's been 12 years. But at all, what will it take to get you back on the sidelines, man? What will it take? <laughs> I know it's been 12 years, but what will it take? Because you can't tell me you don't have the itch. Well, I, I sit there and I watch games, and I think I was that Notre Dame game. I'm going back and forth. And what, what would I do here? What would I call? And it, it is exciting to be out there. But I'll tell you honestly, Keyshawn and Jay, I want to see these young African American coaches get opportunities. I would rather see Eric Bieniemy and Pep Hamilton and guys like that coach because that that's the future. That's who we need to get going in these head coaching positions. No, no question about that because you laid the foundation down, obviously, from the late Denny Green, then obviously to you and Lovey Smith and Mike Tomlin. You, you kind of laid the foundation, but maybe you getting back in it will allow you to also hire some of these uh, young coaches to be the coordinators to give opportunities. I'm just saying. I'm trying to get you to think, TD. Well, you He's know trying what? To get That's you to think now. That, that might be what it takes to get me back in it. You're right. Okay. You're right. All right, because, you know, it would be a few jobs that I think you would be good at that's going to open up around these <laughs> airwaves real soon. <laughs> One of them might be in Florham Park, New Jersey, where the team is headquartered. That's I just didn't a say hunch. anything. That's just a I hunch. didn't say anything. Just floating it out there. Oh, you guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, TD, I got one more for you here, and we should mention uh, okay. Raheem Morris has won three of four. And by the way, another young African-American we haven't mentioned. Last night was a bad sample size, but Byron Leftwich, by and large, is seen as a a great prospect, former quarterback, offensive coordinator of the Bucks. So just keep that one in mind since TD does think the Bucks will obviously rally and having a simpatico with Tom Brady certainly doesn't hurt. Last one for you, Coach. You kind of mentioned this in your answer about Notre Dame 
and Clemson. Uh, they will play possibly again in the ACC championship game, December 19th. They obviously played the instant classic you were at Saturday. And you did broach the subject of them possibly both being two of the top four teams in the country after that game on the 19th, no matter who wins. Do you think the college football playoff would go for a matchup that we would see for the third time in a season. Last Saturday, the 19th, and then Clemson and Notre Dame in the playoff. You think they'd pull the trigger on something like that? Well, normally you would say no, but what if this the ACC championship game ends up being one of those classic games and Clemson wins by one or two points or wins an overtime game? And now you say, gosh, these might be the two best teams in the country. They play back and forth. We need to, to make it a best of three and, and see. I, I could see that happening, uh, but I think that championship game would have to be a close game with a Clemson win for that to happen. Indeed. In that scenario, the only team's losses would be to each other. Coach, great to have you on the program this morning. Thanks for waking up early. I know it was a crazy, hectic weekend. It was, but uh, a lot of fun. You guys do a great job. I enjoy listening to you. All right, thanks, thanks coach. coach. That's the Super Bowl champion, Tony Junji. On the call for Notre Dame's win over Clemson, Notre Dame clearly Saturday night by just a bit was a little more driven. More driven brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. On the way, are they about to drive Sam Darnold right out of New York? That's on the way. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Fair to say the Jets certainly haven't had enough all season. They're the league's only team without a win. Monday night football to put a cap on this week of the NFL season. It'll be the Jets and the Patriots. We will have Lou Riddick, who will be on the call tonight for Monday night football. He'll join us at 930 Eastern. But who better than to get into this conversation with fellas than a former Jet Himself, Bart Scott, played 11 years in the league, distinguished himself in Baltimore and in gangrene. He's the host of Barton Hahn, weekdays from 11 to 1 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And he and Alan Hahn will follow us this morning on ESPN Radio. All right, Bart, good morning. First things first, how seriously should the Jets consider trading Sam Darnold? You know, what's crazy as you watch football on Sunday, you see Herbert, um, you know that he's the, the future of that franchise. You look at um, you look at uh, Tua yesterday. He's the future of the franchise. You look at Kyler Murray, and three years in, we're still having a question about two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, are if they're the future of their franchise. 
And I think if you keep asking yourself over and over again, then you kind of know the answer. Um, it's just tough if you have the first overall pick to pass up, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence with what you see going around the league with, with, with quarterbacks in their first year and understanding that that resets the clock. I tell you what, I don't see Sam Darnold in practice every day. We all understand the conditions in which he's operating under. But, man, that's a hard pill to swallow if, if Trevor Lawrence comes in and you gift him to somebody else and he becomes Mahomes who thought he was going to be a Jet too. How confident are you, Bart, in the Giants making the playoffs and winning that division? <laughs> man, it's a, it's a horrible division, man. I mean, Dallas is still in it. Everybody's still in it. But I tell you what, when you look at the consistency in which the Giants play and the effort in which they play with, that may be enough to win the division. Just effort and some guys making a couple big plays. Uh, I think, you know, as long as Daniel Jones take care of the football, they have a shot. I mean, I feel like, you know, they get to beat up on each other, so that's always great that they get to play each other. And that's probably where it's going to come down to, the matchups against each other, because we know outside of the division, they probably aren't going to get many wins. Bart, who's the best team in football right now? The best team in football? This is tough. Um, You have to kind of go with Kansas City. They're the champs. Looks like they're getting stronger. But this is the thing. This year, everybody has major flaws. I mean, we thought that the Seattle Seahawks was great. Listen, they got the worst defense I've seen. We, 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 we've talked about Dallas defense. Listen, I said all the time, they're the Legion with no boom. And uh, we're watching, you know, um, of liability. The fact that Russell Wilson, if he gets in the playoffs, is going to have to, um, you know, have to win a shootout. The, the crazy thing is, man, it's one of those things, styles make fights. So I think I, w- I will have to see how the seeding takes place because, you know, certain teams' style give other teams problems, right? We know that the Ravens don't match up well against Kansas City, but we know teams like, you know, the Tennessee Titans potentially with the upgrade and in, in, in at the quarter, corner position and w- with the way they run the ball can keep that, you know, keep Mahomes on the sideline could give them a tough matchup. And then vice versa on the side, looks like the Saints have the Buccaneers number. You know how you play teams within the division? and you have little tales about them, and you know more about their offense and how to break them down, it seems like the Saints have the Buccaneers' number. What did you think about last last night's game, watching the Bucs get smashed the way they did? It's just one of those things, right? I feel like the continuity is not there. You talk about a team that's trying to fit in a lot of pieces, and they didn't look like a well-oiled machine. It looks like Brady was trying to get everybody involved, and they found a way to get pressure on him early on and I think when you try and spread everybody out and go to this passing offense, you know, they, they're, they're better. Brady's always better when it's the run game. And I feel like when you have all these shiny toys, you know, you want to get the ball to them and get everybody their touches and trying to fit Godwin back in, trying to fit. Sometimes you can have too many weapons, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Because you don't want people to feel left out. Absolutely. So you try and get conservative efforts. We, we, we talk about that with OBJ trying to have to get his touches and teams seem to move, move better without him. You know, so they have to find out the proper balance between running the ball, and that's the way they should go. It should go through the run game, and everybody else eats. It's not about how many catches you get. It's about what you do when you get them and how pivotal they are. Bart Scott is joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, 11-year NFL veteran, played for the Jets, played for the Ravens. He's the host of Bart and Han on 98.7 ESPN in New York, and he and Alan Han will follow us this morning on ESPN Radio. Uh, you mentioned uh, Tom Brady, obviously the guy that succeeded Brady, uh, in New England is Cam Newton. We have kind of laid out the case for what the Jets are at this particular point. Fill in the rest of this sentence. If Cam struggles tonight against the Jets, 
Yeah, they might they might pour they might put trash on his on his lawn. Um, they might march and, and, and protest out in front of his crib. We I remember they did that with Tommy Maddox in Pittsburgh. You know, he starts stinking it up after he was the gift they kept on giving the year before. Listen, they're passionate fans and they're not accustomed to to to, to dealing with this. And now you talk about losing to the hated rival, the team that has been like, you know, your whooping board for the last, you know, I mean, always been your whooping board. And now, you know, you're starting to see that you guys are mortal, that you guys are really openly in a rebuilding phase. I think, you know, reality can really hit the Patriots fans tonight, especially if they lose to the Jets. Mm, mm, mm. We'll see what happens. That would be something. That would be the Jets' first win of the season. It would come on Monday nights, and we would see what the residuals would be. As Bart told us, the early indications would not be good. A reminder, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, hosts the Dan Lebertard Show this morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And by the way, you can see Greeny, Max Kellerman Show, Shanae and Golick Jr. all on ESPN Plus starting today. Bart, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. And Key, man, put a lumbar seat there in the pillow for me in, in the back, man. My back was hurting a little bit the other day. Well, that's because you got the big neck, you know, wide neck. <laughs> Take one and no one, Bart. Tell him. <laughs> no doubt. Thank you, Bart. You need you need a you need a neck roll. <laughs> I'm coming with a neck brace, old school neck brace. It just relieves some stress from my neck. Got the old school Joe Klecko neck roll. What are we going with here? Keyshawn Brian J. Will- Cox neck <laughs> yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah. Big old thing. You don't see many of those anymore on the old back of the jersey. That was an intimidating factor, though, too. Them things, you look at them, just like, man, he, he can hit. He can hit. Watch out for him. <laughs> We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Lou Riddick from Monday Night Football, to dig further into the Pats and the Jets coming up at 9.30. I think Lou wore, I think Lou wore a uh, neck roll as a DB. He played for the Browns in the NFL. Pittsburgh and the Raiders, too, though. Yeah, yep. but I think, I think he might. I'm going to have to ask him. I think he had a neck roll on. I must have Lou way back in the day when he was playing. Well, he was in the secondary. Is that right, Keith? Yeah, yeah, so probably the same as he wear now. Yeah. Is that his playing weight? That's not a bad in thing. Secondary or the neck roll, huh? <laughs> yeah, they wore neck rolls in the secondary. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. More Jets conversation. Can the Jets they learn something <laughs> from two other NFL teams that suddenly have turned it around? Or is it too late? It's demon time on prize picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right. 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. 
dining in dollars, doing business and bought wherever life takes you. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You're about to see a sports book bet like no other, whether it's AC or Vegas or anywhere in between. Give it between. to me. Give it to me. But first, I got to give the NASCAR championship to Chase Elliott. He's just 24 his dad won the championship. 1988. Great father-son moment. Yeah, Bill Elliott. Legendary racer himself. So three father-son teams have won it. The other, Lee and his dad, the king, Richard Petty, and Ned and Dale Jarrett. Here is your 2020 NASCAR Cup title champion and the emotion. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's something that I'm not sure. I, I know I haven't let it sink in yet. I'm waiting on it to hit me, and I'm going to break down and look like a fool. Here in a minute. I know it's coming, so I really hope I get done with all this media before that happens. Jay, how do you win the cup? Uh, I would refer to Zubin on this. It's the race for the chase. They pared the field down. They have like eight drivers, and they race, and they go to certain places. They pare it down to four, and then on the final weekend, they actually have four drivers with all of them eligible to win the championship, so it's cool. It's different. You only see four cars on the track, which is crazy, right? Because normally you're seeing 20, 30, yeah. 35 cars all going, but then they pare it down. They just want the drivers that are eligible to win out there. I like that. Why not have all these other guys that have no chance it's to win the affecting the race? It is kind of weird to watch the, la- the track be that empty, but it is really cool to see. And that's how you crown a NASCAR Cup champion. Zubin, oh. you're, you're really an anomaly. You know that, right? <laughs> the fact that you just went into like a whole minute and a half breakdown <laughs> right. of that is pretty impressive. Now, no, we just did 90 minutes system. of uh, NASCAR, so it looks like we may have lost. If, if you're still with us. If you're no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. And to, to your point, Key, there is a point system that's involved in deciding who advances. Oh, okay. That's what I right? thought it so was. So you get points per lap, per track, all that stuff. Okay. And See, then the top teams need to go to a race. end up advancing. When everything settles down. Come on, Key. You know, I didn't serious, say that. Go to a race, Keyshawn. I, I did not say anything, nor did I give any facial expressions or anything. I'm just, <laughs> just waiting paused. on Zubin to continue to read. I would just say, lastly, people say that if you're not a hockey fan or a NASCAR fan, some of these sports that aren't really top of mind for a lot of our listeners and viewers, they say if you go, oh yeah, it changes everything. NASCAR is an incredible team effort. You no, play team I've been, sports your whole I, life. I've, I've been and played for the Carolina Panthers. I went. I was actually in a commercial. Our ESPN drive along with Mark Martin. So I get it. I understand it. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> Only you. I, you know, I was in the commercial, but I, I get it. <laughs> Slip that one in. NASCAR Hub is Charlotte. Almost yeah, every single yeah, team is based yeah. in the Charlotte area. Okay, here comes the gambling. You, you ready? So a better at William Hill sports book. <laughs> English sports book that's come over to America, dominant force, cashes in on a seven-leg parlay. So these are seven bets that this individual better made at the Venetian Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Went to the window, plunked down $4,000, and Jay walked out with $443,000. If you're watching this this morning on ESPN News, the actual winning ticket is on the screen right now. He had these seven winners on the money line, which means straight up, no spread, don't worry, just pick winners. Liberty... Uh. On the road, 
Yes, Liberty was ranked for the first time ever on the road at Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech. They win. He called that. Virginia Tech iced themselves out of that game. <laughs> that was a crazy ending. Go watch it on the ESPN app. Totally, totally nuts ending key. I don't know if you saw the end of the game. Uh, Liberty lining up to win with a final field goal. Get this. The kick is blocked and returned by Virginia Tech on the final play of the game to win, but... They called the timeout. Timeout Time out ah! had been called. And Liberty, they got this young kid, Malik Willis. He's an Auburn transfer. Drove him down the field a little bit. 51-yarder. They win. Unbelievable finish. Then he had Appalachian State. He's two for two. Oklahoma over Kansas. We all yeah. know that one. Yeah. Iowa State was down 14 nothing, but they rallied to beat Baylor, and suddenly he's four for four. Mm. Okay. Ohio State over my guys. Rutgers, that thing was over. Five for five. His only NFL wager, this one wasn't looking good early, Pittsburgh over Dallas. Seemed like a safe bet early, right? He should have put more money down, though. I mean, maybe that's all he had. Well, I mean, that may, be, got a lot. Well, that may be the case, He should have put down more money. Well, because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, he won 450. What if he'd have put, like, 10 racks down or something? You know, it's like, I wonder if they – so you – you can bet any amount of money you choose to, right? Yeah, sure. Go to the window, give him whatever. And last one, he was six for six, and then he got Maryland over Penn State. The that was Lions. easy. Yeah, that was easy. You were all over Penn yeah. State, zero and three for the first time since oh one. I don't know what's going Fraud. on there <laughs> with James Franklin and company. So congratulations, and as Jay said earlier, don't spend it all at once. Four hundred forty-three. <laughs> I wonder what he felt dollars. like when he won. Got that duffel bag of singles. He's ready. <laughs> no, but I wonder what he felt like, though, when he won and hit winning ticket. Because if he loses the ticket, he's in trouble, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't get your money. <laughs> so he got the ticket. See, if I'm him, I'm getting all ones, $100 bills or something. I'll, all no, all now. It's morning now. It's morning now. No, all it's, ones stacked. I'm getting back. I'm getting them stacked. I ain't saying go spend them. I'm just saying I just... That's what you do. You just feel good. Just have it all at the cribs. So I walk in by, yo, how much? It's only $440,000, but it's all singles right now. I know he feel good. I wish I what? knew what he did for a living. Because he hit. He should be a professional he, gambler. He passed <laughs> on that one. That's for sure. Invest it. Turn around. Flip it. No doubt about it. 443,000 singles. That's all he had. So he pushed all his chips to the center. Hey, man, look, tough times call for tough measures, man. Look, people be doing things now. Man, if, it, if that was it and he hit like and that. And he hit. Can't tell me nothing. Can't tell him nothing. He should have bet on the Falcons. More on that in a second. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Barbazol. Choose Barbazol shaving cream for a thick lather and close, comfortable shave. Barbazol, the American original for over 100 years. Better buy Barbasol. The elation in that locker room. Oh, man, you have no idea. To put two back-to-back is good. Now we got to get some rest and find a way to get it to three. What it means to take over the city, the Dirty Birds are back. The Dirty Birds? are back and so are the Falcons may not be enough to salvage this particular season maybe a quarterback change coming maybe a new head coach or maybe they keep the one <laughs> oh you saw that breakdown welcome to Atlanta where the players play uh. I, I, I was disoriented Julio in the end zone I haven't seen that for a really long time he's one of the best guys in the league just can't get it for six we are presented by progressive insurance so obviously you know the Falcons and the Texans axed their coach pretty much one after the other but since then lo and behold the Falcons, with Raheem Morris, who has a little experience in the division, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Raheem. they have come to life. They knocked off the Vikings when the Vikings were playing terrible football, but that was a road win where they put up 40, certainly wanted to play for him. Then they lost kind of a squeaker to the Lions, who were also playing a little bit better. But then a division win on the road in Carolina, and then yesterday taking care of the Broncos at home. So Raheem Morris asked to just salvage the season, is now 3 
and won. He's got one head coaching opportunity underneath him. There's plenty of guys that have gotten second chances, learned from their first opportunity. I mean, even Bill Belichick needed that second, third job in some ways after the Browns and that one day with the Jets. So let's talk about this. Should they hire Raheem Morris full-time? That's the first question, especially with the dearth of minority coaches in the league. Three black coaches, one Hispanic, four minority total. I think he certainly deserves a second opportunity, a chance. you got to go back to Raheem. I've been knowing Raheem since Raheem was with me at the New York Jets when he was just a guy who worked for the team. Went to Hofstra University here in Long Island, New York, and he worked with us with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was an assistant defensive back coach for Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin leads. He get kicked up to the head defensive back coach. Then shortly after, they hire him in Tampa as a defensive coordinator. He never called a play as a defensive coordinator. He was, like, hired – And then they fired John Gruden abruptly and then hired him as the head coach with zero head coaching experience at all, right? So he goes into Tampa. I think he made the playoffs one year. They won 10 games. They drafted Josh Freeman at quarterback. And and that thing kind of turned into a disaster. And so they wind up getting him out of Tampa after four years or three. Maybe it was three, three to four years. But Raheem was young. He was a young head coach inexperienced he went from hanging out with the players as an assistant defensive back coach to becoming the head coach which what's wasn't right now he gets a second bite at the apple Adam Gase got a second bite at the apple in straight from Miami he didn't get any timeout time at least Raheem has gotten timeout time where he's now been an assistant coach in Atlanta he understands it a little bit more certainly give him the job if he continues on this pace your minority coaches Anthony Lynn Brian Flores Mike Tomlin Raheem Morris Ron Rivera that's it in the NFL Steelers Cowboys why was it so close that's next Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.